Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth that... The Pod's Honest Truth Band with some extra energy after having the weekend off. That is impressive. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, Let's just get this out of the way right away at the top. Can we do that? Uh, Do me a favor. Don't be stupid. Don't start drinking bleach or injecting yourself with Lysol, okay? And here's the Pod's Honest Truth about that. That's dumb. But listen, to hear the media the last few days, oh my goodness, you would think that President Trump was actually directing Americans to go do exactly that. You know, gargle, wash your hands, then take two Clorox bleach tablets. <sighs> this is where I say, oi, gewalt, because I grew up Jewish. So, you know, I invoke that quite often, especially the night before my bar mitzvah. But that's a separate podcast. Look, the, the media has been so dishonest on their headlines regarding this. Uh, they've been dishonest on the coverage and honestly, a just downright spin on all of this. Now, now let's do a disclaimer, can we? We are the pod's honest truth here. Granted, the president probably should keep the inside voice actually inside at times, especially when he's musing or asking questions about injecting disinfectants as a potential cure for the coronavirus. All right, look, that's fine criticism. But the media has gone way, way beyond that. They're literally making things up that he never said. So, for example, they keep saying Trump, and here's the word they use, Washington Post, New York Times, they're all doing it. This is the word they use. They keep saying Trump, quote, suggested doing this. No, he didn't. He didn't suggest it at all. He was asking a question about it to a health official at the briefing the other day. Was he musing aloud, wondering aloud? Yes. Should he probably not do that? Yes, we all agree on that. But did he suggest people do that? No, that's plain inaccurate. Now, what is accurate is something Nancy Pelosi actually said the other day. She said, quote, here's the quote. The president is asking people to inject Lysol into their lungs. Hey, folks, I got news for you. That is a lie. Look, it's like me saying, you know, I look like Leonardo DiCaprio and I weigh 175 pounds. Okay, that's a lie as well. He didn't ask people to inject Lysol into their lungs. She literally made this line up. You know, It reminds me of when Adam Schiff, remember he made up that whole transcript conversation between Trump and the Ukrainian leader uh, during the impeachment process. That's a little bit of what this felt like. (sighs) Anyhow, the media has been absolutely silent when it comes to Pelosi's made up line. Crickets, absolute crickets. They give her a pass. But with Trump, no, you got to bash the president at every turn. All right, look, enough with that. I'm getting all worked up. I have to give myself an injection, I think, of Tums, or maybe I need a slow IV drip of Pepto-Bismol with a shot of Excedrin. I don't know what I need, but I need something because I'm getting worked up. 
Hey, uh, in some other coronavirus-related news, uh, we're starting to reopen America. Yay for us. Uh, It's going slowly. Let's see how this plays out exactly. Because remember, first we had uh, a few states, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, Alaska, South Carolina, all opening up. Alaska's kind of always opened up. Is, is always open, isn't it? Anyhow, uh, now uh, this week we've got Colorado, Mississippi, uh, Minnesota, Montana, Tennessee. They're going to add to the states that will start to open up. By the way, did you know? Thank you very much. You never know what you're going to get on this uh, podcast in terms of trivia. But did you know that eight states in the country never ordered residents to stay home? Arkansas never did. Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota. Utah and Wyoming, just an FYI for you. So we'll see how these states uh, do, and we'll take it one day at a time, as uh, we'd like to say from the hit 1975, 1982, whatever it was, uh, TV show, One Day at a Time with Bonnie Franklin. Look it up, millennials. Look it up. All right. On the podcast today, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State. That's right. I had a chance to sit down with him. Actually, I didn't really sit down. Well, I was sitting down, and he was sitting down, but we weren't in the same location He was at the State Department. I was at our Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN News Studios. We did uh, an interview, so we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, I want to give you a little background from a religious standpoint on Pompeo. Uh, Let's start with this. Uh, I traveled with Pompeo to Kuwait and Jerusalem uh, over a year ago, uh, which, by the way, a great trip, uh, really interesting. Got to sit next to Andrea Mitchell from NBC News for like two hours on a a flight from... uh, where it was a Kuwait city to uh, Tel Aviv. I uh, got to tell her all about my Jewish upbringing. You know, she's Jewish as well. And she told me some really interesting stories about uh, her childhood. And I told her about, um, yeah, so I grew up Jewish. And <laughs> dot, 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 now I believe in Jesus. She couldn't get off the plane, so she, I kept talking. Uh, anyhow, so that, that was, that was uh, interesting. Uh, but it was a really great time. Anyhow, by the way, can I tell you, as we were going from Kuwait, this was on Secretary of State Pompeo's plane. Uh, I'm in the media there, back there in the back of the... Uh, plane. We're going from Kuwait City, and we think we're going to Jerusalem. And so, or excuse me, not Jerusalem, but uh, Tel Aviv. And we're landing, and we're like, wow, I'll tell you what, Tel Aviv, you know, they've really built up quite a bit. This is looking impressive as we're landing. We're all kind of talking to each other. Wow, I don't quite remember Tel Aviv like this. And we land, and then we realize we're in Cairo, Egypt. We're not in Tel Aviv. You can't go from Kuwait City to Tel Aviv directly, internationally, uh, tense relations, all of that. So we were in Cairo. Then we took off for Tel Aviv. So, so much for us as wonderful journalists. Uh, we thought we were in Tel Aviv. And instead, we were in Cairo. Anyhow, made our way to Jerusalem. Uh, Pompey is a Christian. Um, and I had a chance to talk to him, myself and Chris Mitchell from CBN News, our Jerusalem uh, bureau chief over there. We sat down with Pompeo and we talked about his Christian faith. You know, he belongs to a Presbyterian church in Kansas. Uh, he's a member there, a former deacon. He's also a former Sunday school teacher. Uh, and he talked about his faith with us in Israel. And I want to play a little bit of that. Here it is. Mike Pompeo's life so far includes a growing list of accomplishments. Eagle Scout, first in his class at West Point, Harvard Law, Congress, and the first American to ever hold the top jobs at both the CIA and the State Department. His number one on the list remains a faithful decision, though, made back in college. 
Can you take me back to West Point? Uh, I, I know there was a, a time in your life where there was a decision point for you uh, about just you know following Christ. So I grew up uh, going to church on Sundays, um, but frankly, it wasn't a priority in my life uh, uh, growing up. I, I went off to West Point, and as a young cadet during my freshman year, there were two uh, young men who were juniors who were true men of faith, uh, and they held these uh, little uh, uh, Bible studies slash uh, cookie clatches on Sunday afternoons. Uh, and they invited all the cadets to come see it. It was purely voluntary, and I started showing up, and truly remarkable. Uh, so I started going to church every weekend on my own because I wanted to be there to learn and to grow. Uh, and uh, at some point during that first year, I really did come to have an understanding of Jesus that was different than the one that I had before, and it fundamentally changed my life. So that was part of a report that I filed from Jerusalem over a year ago on Mike Pompeo and his Christian faith. And so as I was saying, Chris Mitchell and I interviewed him there in Jerusalem, and we were interviewing him on Purim. Uh, and of course, that's the holy day commemorating the saving of the Jewish people from Haman. Remember, Haman was going to, well, I say remember, I don't know if you remember, you probably weren't there, neither was I, but we read about it in the Bible. Uh, Haman was going to destroy all of the Jewish people, but that's where Queen Esther of the Bible steps in. Yay for Queen Esther. Uh, she summoned the courage at the time, and she pleaded with King Xerxes to stop the killing of the Jewish people. And in essence, it gets into all of this for such a time as this. In other words, she was placed there by God for such a time as this to save the Jewish people. She stepped up. She rose to the occasion. So that is the question we pose. Actually, Chris Mitchell posed it to Pompeo uh, during our interview. Is Donald Trump in office for such a time as this? Have a listen. Today's being Purim, a uh, celebration, Jews worldwide, and here in Jerusalem are talking about the fact that uh, Esther, 2,500 years ago, saved the Jewish people uh, with God's help uh, from Haman. And now, 2,500 years later, there's a new Haman here in the Middle East that wants to eradicate the Jewish people just like Haman did the state of Iran. Um, could it be that, that President Trump right now has been sort of raised for such a time as this, just like Queen Esther, to help save the Jewish people from an Iranian menace? As a Christian, I, I certainly believe that's possible. Uh, it was remarkable. So we were down in the tunnels where we could see uh, 3,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago, if I have the history just right, uh, uh, to see the remarkable history of the faith in this place uh, and the work that our administration has done to make sure that uh, this democracy in the Middle East of this Jewish state remains. Um, I, I'm confident that the Lord is at work here. Well, uh, there it is. And as you might imagine, the media went nutso bonkers. Dana Milbank in the Washington Post uh, with this quote. This was uh, the headline. Holy Moses, Mike Pompeo thinks Trump is Queen Esther. That's what you get. New York Times saying the rapture and the real world. Mike Pompeo blends beliefs and policy. And then Mother Jones, got to leave it to Mother Jones. I don't know who Father Jones is, but here's what Mother Jones said. Evangelicals love Donald Trump for many reasons, but one of them is especially terrifying. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyhow, look, evangelicals do believe that God puts leaders in place, not just Trump, all leaders in place. Yes. Are there evil leaders? Absolutely. Does God have a purpose in all of it? Absolutely. Look, Romans 13, 1 says this, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established the authorities that exist have been established by God. Think about it. Relax. Take a chill pill. Don't take a Clorox tablet. Back in a moment with the Mike Pompeo interview on the Pod's Honest Truth. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right, time now for our interview with the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. It was a bit of a social distancing interview because we were like, oh, I don't know, two miles apart on satellite. He was uh, in from the State Department. That's where he was sitting. And I was sitting in the uh, CBN News DC Bureau, two miles away from the State Department. So that is major social distancing. We had seven minutes, folks, seven minutes to talk to the Secretary of State. Yeah, good luck trying to talk about, I don't know, dot, 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 the world uh, in seven minutes. But we did our best. We actually, uh, just between you, me, and uh, everybody listening, we got 10 minutes. Anyhow, we were excited about that. All right, here is our interview with Mike Pompeo. And as you might imagine, we're starting off with China and the coronavirus. Secretary Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. It's great to be with you again. Hope you're doing well. Hanging in there. I know you are, too, and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I want to get to, obviously, China and uh, the coronavirus. You made it clear uh, that China has some explaining to do on this. I know you said that you don't know if the virus started in a lab in China and maybe not the wet market in Wuhan. But either way, do you believe the Chinese Communist Party is lying to the world right now? David, it's incredibly important, uh, even as we sit here today, that we get to the bottom of what transpired and that the Chinese Communist Party come, come clean about how this all began. Look, we know it started in Wuhan, China. That's the origination of the virus. We need to figure out how it happened. It's not just about political retribution or accountability. It's important today. We need to know this so we can save lives going forward. We need our scientists, our academics, our epidemiologists all to have access to the data, access to a sample of the virus, access to the places it might have come to. Those are all things that matter so that we can solve this problem, get our country back to work and save lives. So the Chinese ambassador just recently, uh, the Chinese ambassador to the United States called for a serious rethinking of the relationship. Would you agree? I mean, has this situation fundamentally changed our working relationship with China? Well, there's places that we work alongside China, uh, and there's a lot of places where uh, the president of the United States has said, look, we just weren't being treated fairly. Uh, the obvious example is trade. President Trump made very clear from, shoot, from the time of his campaign, even before he was elected, that the trade relationship between two countries wasn't fair, it wasn't reciprocal, and we needed to fix that for American workers uh, so that we'd have jobs here in the United States that wouldn't go someplace else because of unfair trade rules. Very concerned about what China's doing in the South China Sea. Uh, we watch as uh, a company called Huawei, uh, a Chinese telecommunications company that is controlled by the Chinese government uh, comes to countries around the world where American citizens' data may be subjected to scrutiny by the Chinese government. Uh, those are things that existed before this virus. 
those challenges will remain. And President Trump is committed to protecting American people and keeping them safe and getting the trade relationships right so that we can have jobs here in America. You know, speaking of relationships, you have emphatically stated about China, Iran, and Russia that they're using this coronavirus crisis to launch a propaganda and disinformation onslaught against the United States. Do you believe they are in cahoots with one another on this? In other words, is this a coordinated effort by those countries? Well, it's hard to know the answer to that. What you can say is they're observing what the others are doing and then they're responding uh, in a group. That is, they are taking information being provided by one and others are promoting it online and elsewhere. Two, this information, David, this disinformation campaign matters. Uh, the American people, people all across the world go to sources to get information, information for their safety, information for the health and that of their family members. It is nasty uh, when a government runs a disinformation campaign that puts those people's lives at risk and their health at risk. Uh, we've done our best here in the United States, and frankly, we've had other countries around the world call out this fake news, this disinformation it is disingenuous, it is dangerous, and these governments need to stop, and they need to stop doing it in a coordinated way as well, if that's what's actually taking place. So you're not necessarily discounting the fact that it could be a coordinated effort. You say more investigation is needed on this then? We see very similar messages propagated by very similar means. It's difficult to know the level of coordination. Okay, let me ask you about Joe Biden real quick. Uh, he did say the other day that if the president, uh, if he were president, he would have made sure we got American health experts into China early to find out what was going on with the virus uh, to prevent its global spread. I I'm curious to get your comments on that, maybe not from a political standpoint. I know you have to be careful on that, but, but that's the criticism that he's leveling. Two things to say. First, uh, this president and this administration worked diligently to work to get Americans on the ground there in China to help the World Health Organization try to get in there as well. Uh, we were rebuffed. The Chinese government wouldn't let it happen. Indeed, uh, just the opposite of transparency. They kicked American journalists out and denied access to American and other Western scientists at the time that it was frankly most critical that we understand what was going on there. My, my second thought is I've seen the difference in how this administration relates to the Chinese Communist Party. The previous administration allowed China to walk all over us and gain trade, grain opportunities, create wealth and trade benefits for China. This president's taken fundamentally 180 degrees different approach with respect to how we respond to the challenges that China presents to American security. So you're suggesting that the previous administration was soft on China or dealing with them? Relative to this administration, they were wildly soft. It wasn't just trade. It was during the previous administration that the Chinese government began to arm the South China Sea something that General Secretary Xi said he would not do. Uh, the previous administration didn't respond. It allowed them to continue to develop their capacity uh, to move their uh, People's Liberation Army, excuse me, People's Liberation Navy uh, out and around in the South China Sea. Uh, that was the kind of things that the previous administration permitted. And this administration has worked very hard uh, to turn that around and make sure that everywhere there was an American interest, we strongly protected it. I want to turn to the World Health Organization. What would get the WHO back in good standing with the United States at this point? I mean, in other words, what needs to happen? It's, it's hard to know. Uh, it's important that your viewers understand the history of the World Health Organization as well. This is not the first time that that institution has failed to protect the world. Uh, you may recall SARS, uh, the same kind of thing happened where the WHO was unable to do its primary function. Uh, stopping a pandemic from spreading across the world. And this time uh, they were unable to, you can see it. They said, don't don't close your borders. President Trump made the decision to do that and keep American people safe. 
They were too slow in declaring that this was something that could transmit from human to human. Those are the kind of things that the WHO has failed in. Uh, it's, it's nothing against any individual that may work at the WHO. It's about an institution that has fundamentally failed to do its primary task of keeping people all across the world, and in our case, the thing that matters most, keeping Americans safe. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I want to get to Iran, obviously, in a moment. Very important. But on Saudi Arabia and oil, I know there have been some Republican lawmakers sent a letter to you. They're upset at Saudi Arabia. They say basically we're under direct threat from them as they continue to send oil here to the U.S., uh, uh, oil that we don't need, basically, basically accusing the Saudis of trying to kill the American oil industry through oversupply. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, full disclosure, before I came to Congress, I worked in a company that sold equipment in that industry. I know uh, the Kansas oil patch and the Oklahoma, Texas oil patch uh, pretty well. Um, we were a small company, but I know how these companies have been impacted by what has been the largest decline in demand for crude oil products in recent history. What President Trump's been focused on is two things, getting stability back in the marketplace. He was centrally involved in talking to the king and the crown prince in Saudi Arabia and with President Putin and ultimately with the Mexican government as well. I was working on it, too. And the president got them to a place where they reduced their output. Uh, the second thing we've got to do is we've got to get uh, the American economy back open. We've got to get demand back. When that demand begins to come back, you'll see prices start to get back to a good place. And then you'll see the American energy industry begin to thrive once again. I, I know these people, they are tough, they are strong. President Trump's committed to making sure that they have everything they need to make sure that this industry comes out on the other side of this virus in a way that allows them to continue to do the important function of providing more independence for America on foreign energy sources. So no harsh words right now, at least for Saudi Arabia on this. So it's a wait and see approach. Look, we've got to get it right. Uh, the president was very clear what his expectations are for the, were for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia as well. Uh, he wanted to make sure that they engaged in a, a thoughtful way in those negotiations. And he got a really good outcome there, a real serious reduction in the total output that would come not only from Saudi Arabia, but the other Arab OPEC nations as well, in addition to Fair. Russia. Fair enough. On Iran, I, I know it's uh, it's something you worked on for a very long time as a congressman, of course, as secretary of state, CIA, all of that. Uh, Iran's Revolutionary Guard obviously been designated a terrorist group by the United States. Now we know they launched this military satellite into orbit. You said that Iran needs to be held accountable for what they've done. H how exactly might that happen going forward, Mr. Secretary? Boy, it was really jarring t yesterday to see that. Uh, the Iranians had lied once again. They told the world that they didn't have a military a program that was involved in missiles and satellites. And yesterday, uh, the IRGC, the cutting edge of the Iranian military, announced that they had launched a satellite into low Earth orbit. What we intend to do is to gather the, the nations across the world. The French put out a statement today. They, too, know how dangerous and destabilizing what Iran did. I'm confident that there will now be more countries that understand what President Trump has understood since he first came into office, that the Iran deal was a crazy bad deal that we all need to move away from it, that the world needs to disassociate itself from Iran, and that the community of nations needs to come together and convince the Iranian regime to cease their activity, which has led to them being the world's largest state sponsor terror for so many years. Uh, we've done that. We've put real pressure on the regime. We continue to do that. We have to deny them the resources to conduct the activities that you saw them undertake just yesterday. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, always good to see you. Stay healthy, stay safe uh, there in the world. Thank you, David. You stay safe and healthy, too. Bless you. That is Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State here on the pods 
honest truth. And by the way, I should say, since our interview, uh, the Secretary of State has also said that China will pay a price. Those were his words, pay a price for the coronavirus cover up. Uh, and in response, as you might imagine, the Chinese state media outlets over there had a response here. Here's what uh, the Chinese state media outlet actually said once Pompeo said China's going to pay a price. Here's a quote. Despite being the chief diplomat of the U.S., he totally betrayed the basic responsibility with which he is entrusted to promote international understanding. He has become the enemy of world peace. That's Chinese state-run media for you. Hey, look, if you're ticking off the Communist Party in China, Mike Pompeo must be doing something right. And that's the Pod's Honest Truth. Cue the band. Until next time, America. America.